what's up everybody welcome back to rebranding safety okay so we're going to do basically like a little mini series about breaking the plateau of the fatality rate so we've got three episodes in this little mini series first episode short and sharp is basically me ranting about the fatality rates so the provisional rates have come out we're gonna have a chat about them what they're showing us a little bit of ranty little bit opinionated and it's just me on this one and then we're going to move on to an interview I did with paul clark go check him out get ready for next week um he runs a hsc network and a load of other stuff and i won't say too much to give it away but he's very passionate about the um the fatality plateau and kind of breaking through and he's kind of doing some innovative stuff in that uh, area to kind of help us professionals to get towards that that kind of better place that health and safety heaven I suppose and then we're going to finish off on does the current compliance culture stop us from breaking that plateau so does compliance stop the conversation does it stop us talking any further and that's going to be with jonathan dempsey go check him out as well he's very active on linkedin um and that's going to be our first in-studio guest and that's going to be just another conversation around compliance around how we see the future going forward so that three episodes in our mini series me and then me with Paul Clark and then me with Jonathan Dempsey so we're talking all about fatality rates today we're just going to be setting the tone getting a bit aggressive then we're going to talk with Paul Clark about what he's doing to kind of break that plateau then we're going to finish off around do we need to change the way we think about how we do things so without further ado let's get into this episode where we talk all about the fatality rates let's go Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We need an oppressive regime of health and safety regulation. A huge fire engulfs a tower block in London. Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. And your host, James McPherson. what's up people welcome back to rebranding safety rebranding safety is the youtube channel and podcast translating health and safety making it simple to help you save lives and save money rebranding safety does exactly what it says on the tin it's all about trying to make it a bit more accessible a bit more entertaining and just not boring so I'm a massive advocate of changing the narrative of health and safety and not talking about the negative and trying to talk more about the positive. But there's an article in the, in the news of the IOSH magazine in the news section all about a uh, breakdown of statistics of 147 people were killed in 2018, 2019 um, tax year, financial year in, in that year, whatever. Um, it kind of breaks that down, looks at like ages, etc, etc. And basically, I'm just going to read the article out and we're just going to talk about it on my own to myself. So not really going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. We are not going to talk about it. You're going to listen and maybe argue with me. Anyway, let's go. So highlighted paragraph number one. 
The provisional annual data, which could change before finalising next July, shows a slight rise for the second year running up from 141 in 17 to 18 and 135 in 16 to 17. That's the first thing I thought was interesting. Obviously, these are provisional figures because the year's not over yet, as it just stated. However, this plateau we've been on for so long looks like it might be starting to rise. It looks like we're going backwards. Are we? I don't know. I do feel like we're definitely not getting any better. Granted, there seems to be a lot more people than I originally thought um, that are having these kind of progressive conversations around health and safety and focusing on leadership and, you know, trying to have a look at the holistic approach of improving it and being reasonable and practical, etc. But when I put a post on the other day about, on LinkedIn the other day, about PPE, the overuse of PPE, the blanket approach of, you, of PPE, the, the the using PPE for the sake of using it, namely high vises, which was the put the uh, the the chosen PPE for the post. Whilst I would say about eighty to ninety percent of the people who commented, liked, engaged, etc., agreed. Uh, and and passionately agreed most of them there was the odd few who passionately disagreed um interesting to note that apparently we can't agree with uh, disagree with people without being rude and attacking them personally but that aside some people were quite professional about it and raised some valid points etc etc and obviously it was a very uh broad generic uh blanket statement ironically however a few of the comments on there were very, very old-fashioned, very, like, just, just really old-fashioned, and that kind of, like, well, the reason we're on the p- plateau, I suppose, it's that, that kind of, like, well, we'll just make them wear PPE anyway, and, and they didn't really get the point of what I was trying to say around, like, devaluing it by just using it for the sake of using it, it's like, well, people subconsciously would be like oh it's health and safety gone mad blah 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 and they'd be like oh well they're wearing ppe anyway so they're safe it's like well no the point is that they'll they'll get a negative opinion of it and feel like oh, i'm always wearing ppe so when it comes to that moment that they actually really physically need it and it's maybe a different piece of ppe like i don't know eye protection for example or or breathing protection or something like that they might not wear it because Instead of actually giving people PPE for the right reasons and when it's needed and targeted and, and helping them understand as to why we need it and focusing on understanding the hazards and the risks, etc., we just throw stuff at them. We deliver safety in a pizza box. And I think PPE is a symptom of that. It's not the cause, it's the symptom. What we see in everywhere is these kind of, you know, prescriptive approaches to health and safety, in my opinion. And it is only my opinion and, you know, I'm happy to be disagreed with. I'm happy to stand corrected 100%. That's the point of this podcast. That's the point of my posts on LinkedIn is to not to piss everybody off. It's to get engagement and it's to get a good conversation. And if, if I learn, great. If you learn, great. If we both learn, fucking awesome. But we need to do something to attack this plateau of if plateau. Am I saying that right? This, this consistent 130 to 140 people dying a year 
140 people dying. What business sits there and says it's acceptable for 140 something people to die? 140 families without their their parents or their their grandmas or their sons or their daughters or their their lovers or their wives or their husbands. You know, 140 lives. In the grand scheme of things, maybe that's not a, not a lot. And when we compare that to the rest of the world, maybe we are really good at it. But like. It's still 140 people passing away. I'm not saying we change how we're doing everything. And I'm not saying that, you know, how we've done it all these years to get us down to this really low number compared to what it was is bad. No, I'm not. But something's got to change to get below 130. Something's got to change to get to one a year, get to zero a year. What's it going to take? And then let's look at all the other stuff that's going on. We may, you know, how I wonder how many suicide fatalities are attributed to work. How, can we? Is there data that, that connects that? I don't know. But it's, it's kind of like, the, you know, there's lies, damn lies and statistics. But I just think we need to start really thinking outside the box and trying to be better if we're ever going to deal with this, this plateau that we're on of... 140 something people dying okay next paragraph we've gone on for six minutes for one paragraph this might be a long podcast 37 of the 147 workplace fatalities in 2018 to 19 were over 60 despite this group forming only 10 percent of the uk workforce Workers aged between 60 and 64 were twice as likely to die in workplace accident last year. Twice as likely. It's interesting that a lot of people might um, react to this. Um, and actually, you know, let's let's cover the next the next highlighted paragraph, which is the IOSH organisation is now urging employers to improve protection for older workers. And I can understand why we might have that reaction if, if the people between 60 and 64 are twice as likely to die. That's a fair reaction. What makes, what makes them any more special or less special than anyone else? That obviously is not the point of the article and that's not what they're saying here in this article. But I do think maybe we shouldn't be focusing on the statistics of like how many people are dying maybe we should be focusing on on how do we stop anybody dying i don't think we would go to any any kind of ceo and say you know you are you willing to accept a fatality i don't think anyone would say yes you know people listening to this podcast being like oh you're fucking naive um you know the falls from height you know and and that's worth noting that 40 of the fatal injuries were due to falls at height you know if you fall from height you're gonna die and you know it's naive we can't get rid of anything i, I just i wonder if if we're, we're what's the word i'm looking for if we're stifled by our own lack of imagination our own lack of innovation um you, what's it going to take for us to do it? And I don't think focusing on one subgroup of the people that have died is the way that we go, the way that we approve this, the way improve this, a way that we fix this plateau is not by focusing on, on the younger or older workers. Now, granted, they are at more increased risk, same as young workers are, and we would have that kind of that process. But I've seen loads of young worker risk assessments that actually 
don't make it any safer. Just just says it's the same risk as anyone else, but they're young. It's like we're doing risk assessments for the sake of risk assessments. We're putting policies and procedures in for the sake of risk assessment. I, I get what they're saying in this magazine, that the IOSH is urging people to improve protection for older workers, but I don't think that's the result they're going to get. I think the result that, people, that they'll get from businesses is just another policy, another procedure for the protection of older workers. We won't actually be delivering safety for older workers or, frankly, safety for anybody if we're just focusing on one subgroup. We need to be focusing on these people are dying and how are they dying? If we've got 40 fatal injuries for workers at height, and we've had that consistently for a long time, construction and agriculture and waste being consistently at the top end of the statistics, that's what we need to be focusing on. That engagement and education of those industries and that kind of new way of doing things now what is that new way of doing things i don't know but it just sit back and really ask ourselves do we want to fucking kill anyone no we don't you know, regardless of whether they're 70 80 20 15 16 it doesn't matter we don't want to kill anybody so why would we put people in a position where they may or may not die I'm not really offering you any kind of tangible things to take away. I'm just ranting again. I understand that. Um, Let's move on to the next thing then. So um, the head of policy and public affairs, Richard Jones, says it's worrying that a quarter of those killed were over 60, were age 60 or over. Our working lives are getting longer. The older workers are an important resource and can provide invaluable expertise and experience. There are often more health and safety risks associated with older workers, but they, are, they, like all other working people, have the right to expect their safety, health and well-being will not be put at risk by work. Employers must ensure they have, a strong, they have strong measures in place to protect them. Yeah, they must. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, he's right, but I just feel like it's not enough. I feel like IOSH and other organisations need to need to step up a little bit more and and just kind of offer something else and offer something extra. It's like you know how many how many people are standing around being like employers must ensure that they're doing this stuff. It's like well yeah, but there's a lot of people out there who don't really know. I just feel like we're spewing the same shit out and we're still killing the same amount of people and we're really not doing. Much, I think he acknowledges in there that you know all workers have that right to go to work and be safe, etc. So, is it the fact that businesses are just so damn big now that they can't really grasp what's going on on the shop floor? I don't know. You know, you imagine like a national business and you talk about a lot of the fundamentals of leadership is very difficult, but. If you're the leader at the top to the top 20, then that top 20 are leaders to the top 40, and then that top 40 are leaders to the next 100, etc., etc. And it kind of goes down and it sets the culture of the business, granted. But I just feel like we focus on the wrong end of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of lack of trust of our workers and, you know, we're here to protect them. And it's kind of like it's a a chore um, and it's not like it's something that we must do I feel like and I don't know and I haven't got any stats to kind of back this up but I feel like 
we should maybe upskill a lot more of our staff and increase competence of our staff and have confidence in our people. I feel like people are the the intelligent machine that we're not utilizing at work. You know, we do it in other areas around innovation and like, I don't know, marketing and sales. You know, we rely on the intelligence of our people. We say, go out there and get it done. But it's like, we need to use the intelligence of human beings and safety a lot more. And it, it, it's gonna take breaking that barrier of health and safety and health and safety gone mad and the only way we do that is every single one of the businesses out there you know start changing the narrative of health and safety and start thinking about why are we actually doing this stuff is this risk assessment here because we feel like we need a risk assessment or is this actually providing value to our business is this actually working are we involving our staff you know we should think about like when we got a school doing a risk assessment for a school trip, why are we not involving the children in this? Teach them that that risk assessing is part of their life and what they do all the time, they just don't realise it. So when they come to work and we have to retrain them on how to do a risk assessment because they've never been involved in it, you know, why can't it just be part of our everyday life? It is part of our everyday life, but when we come into work, we seem to forget that. All of us, every single one of us, needs to take a step up to change the narrative of health and safety because I think that is the one thing we need to do. The more negative we are about health and safety, I think the more we encourage that health and safety perception and the more we encourage people to go over the top and do things for the sake of doing things. And now I do think there's a big, there's a big, uh, there's a big responsibility to take for this compli- compliance culture, but I don't want to kind of run into the podcast that we had Jonathan Dempsey in the studio this morning recording. I don't want to spoil that. So, again, I'm probably not really providing you with any actual value here. Um, I've got a feeling like this is probably the po- the worst article to have chose for me to do because it's just me ranting onwards. Um, interestingly, well, not interestingly, if you work in health and safety, because it's no, there's no change. But um, the most dangerous sectors were 32 deaths in ag- agriculture, 30 in construction, 26 in manufacturing. Um, based on a five-year annual average rate, the agriculture, waste, and recycling se- sectors are the worst affected. Um, agriculture, the highest fatality, fatal injury, 18, 18 times more. Um, than the average across all industries. Waste and recycling was 16 times more. Common causes of deaths were across all ages were falls from height of 40 cases. I touched on that earlier. 30 deaths caused by moving vehicles in the year. Now, there's 30 deaths caused by moving vehicles in a year to March 19. But yet, I don't walk anywhere, any day, at any time without seeing at least one person with a high vis and now high vis is a control measure for um, the protection of road traffic collisions and human interaction with moving vehicles etc so why are we still having 30 collisions if everybody is wearing a wearing a high vis and we're not doing it wrong and we're not just wearing them for the sake of wearing them like the people that disagreed with me on that post then why answer me this why have we still got 30 people dying by being hit by a moving vehicle 
Because if we're doing it right, we wouldn't be killing 30 people, would we? The point is, is that we're wearing high-vis, left, right and centre, but we're not actually segregating from these moving vehicles. We're not actually kind of teaching people um, and encouraging people to be more visually aware of their surroundings. We're not... We're not... We're not dealing with the issue. We're not actually controlling or mitigating the risk. I'm not saying that we should get rid of everything and every moving vehicle. What I'm saying is, is that you need to get in your heads that high visits do fuck all. They're there for a reason. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny control measure compared to everything else. And people out there getting people to wear high visits when you're not fucking needed completely negates and devalues the actual tool themselves. And the people that disagree can disagree all they like, but the statistics say it, is that everybody, look out there, everybody is wearing a high-vis everywhere. It's in every warehouse, every friggin' shop, every fucking factory is everywhere. People wear high-vises left, right, and centre, but yet 30 people a year dying from being hit by a moving vehicle at work. Anyway, moving on. Do, 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 do. Let's have a look at what else have we got. Oakley, Oakley then. So let's move on then. Martin Temple, chair of HSE, said, These statistics remind us that in certain sectors of the economy, workplace death remain worryingly high. Agriculture, forestry, fishing account for a small fraction of the workforce of Great Britain, yet account for over 20% of the workplace fatalities in the last year. More must be done to prevent such fatalities taking place. Whatever the sector, we should remember that any change in numbers provides little comfort to family, friends and colleagues of the 147 whose lives were cut short this year while doing their job. All I've got to say to that final bit, and we will close this out, a very short, very ranty podcast, that well said, Martin. Well said. 100 percent 147 families out there don't give a shit about what you did or didn't do to stop that happening they don't give a crap what sector you're working in they don't give a crap how old or young they were they don't give a crap about the policies the procedures the statistics the rag charts because they've lost a member of their family and i think as much as I want to change the narrative, I do think it is worth us remembering that nobody in anywhere in the world should go to work and not come home. No one. Unless you are going to war where there is a distinct possibility that you may not come home, I can't imagine any other workplace where it's reasonable to accept that you would not go home. 147 people does not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things when we look at where we were God knows how many years ago and when we look at other countries but it's 147 people have died. And I just don't think it's acceptable. And I just think it's on every single one of us 
to find a new way to finish off the amazing work that we've done so far. That doesn't mean that the way that we do it now is wrong. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean is there's just one final cog missing from the machine. There's one new cog that we need to find and we need to put in that machine to finish it off and to break that plateau. And it's on all of us to keep working to be better. And I do really think that being reasonable and practical and focusing on safety where it needs to be and manage risk where we need to manage risk, not for the sake of managing risk, not for the, the to be seen to be managing risk, but to do it to stop people losing lives, limbs, their mental capacity. We all have a moral duty Forget the legal one. We have a moral duty. So thanks for listening, guys. Sorry that was a bit ranty, a little bit, uh, I don't know, um, a little bit emotional. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have found that useful. I really probably think you haven't. There's not really much to take away from that that was useful other than the fact that I've just probably ruined your dog walk. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. So that was uh, episode one of this mini-series of of Breaking the Plateau. Maybe if I could say it, that would be much better. Um, So, yeah, this this was episode one. I hope you've enjoyed it. Very ranty from me. I hold my hands up. You probably know what I'm like by now. So, anyway, don't forget to check out episode two with Paul Clark next week. And then don't forget to check out episode three with Jonathan Dempsey where we talk all about compliance. So, stay tuned. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Um... I'm going to put this mini-series on YouTube. Uh, None of them are going to have video image, um, so it will just be the, um, what do you call it, you know, the Instagram-y things with a picture and stuff. So, don't forget to check out on YouTube. If you do, hit like if you liked it. Hit dislike if you didn't like it. I'm cool with that. Engage with us, people. Come find us on social media. Drop us a comment if you can on on whatever platform you're listening to. Don't forget to share the podcast. You've got business owners, managers out there, not health and safety professionals. Get them listening to this podcast. Let's help these people out so they don't need to go and spend millions. And let's open their eyes a little bit. Share the podcast, people. You know it's worth it. I'll catch you next week in the next episode of this mini series. Safe.